I'm Chance Dorland, and welcome to the Oink Only in Korea podcast, brought to you each week by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. As always here on the Oink Podcast, I'm joined by Travis Hole, the band behind the Only in Korea Facebook group. And Travis, uh, we took a break. We had our Solal Lunar New Year holiday. Um, as you mentioned on the last show, a little joke at the end, we were enjoying our gift sets. So uh, what did you do during Soul Out? Did you stay here in Seoul? And what gift sets did you get? I, had, I got no gift sets. I'm not working right now, so I wasn't around uh, students to receive or give any gift sets. I stayed around Seoul. I didn't do much at all. It was nice. It was actually- Not a single gift set in the land of gift sets. Wow. Well, just real quick, I'll throw it back to you, but my girlfriend, we, we got some um, shampoo some conditioner, and we ate a ton of the halabong oranges that you mentioned on the, on the last show where one of your students gave you a big gift set, but you left on the subway and couldn't enjoy them. I had them. They're very good. Did you, did you receive a gift set? Well, her parents, um, <laughs> she's from a small town at the uh, bottom of the peninsula uh, near Busan, and her parents own a, uh, it looks small, but I guess it's not so small in its reach. They own like a farm supply store, and so they just get like, you know, tons, tons of, of gift sets. And so we were just sitting around eating fruit and looking at a bunch of oil they got and like <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of other crap. So we, I was out of the city. I had a nice little trip. We went to Goje, which is an island, and we went some other places. And, oh, it's very beautiful. I don't want to be in Seoul anymore. I want to go back to where we were. But what did you do here? Are you considering a move? What? No, well, I mean, I have a job, so it's hard, hard yeah. to consider a move. But the, the, the really sad thing is, is... um. It's so cheap in these areas, um, and I was asking around, like, you know, and, and even the Jonsei, which is a big deal here in Korea. Outside of Seoul, it's not as big of a deal, and oh, I got to tell you, if I could live outside of Seoul, I would. I would, I would easily go to, like, a Jeonju or a Gwangju or uh, Busan or anywhere else. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of Seoul myself. Maybe, but maybe I, you can get something set up where you're telecommuting. Well, no, I mean, that's always the dream. Actually, I just did a, uh, I did a report where I interviewed um, oh, Eugene Do is her name. She's a South Korean who lives abroad. When I interviewed her um, over Skype, she was actually in Miami um, visiting the United States for a job interview. But uh, she's been all over the world. She's a digital nomad, and she's producing a uh, – well, she's shooting. I mean, herself, it's her documentary on digital nomad culture. And I also interviewed a, a Korean married couple who, if I remember correctly, I think right now they're either in Argentina or Chile. And um, they started their own you know, kind of online website company, and they just moved to Latin America. They were living in South Korea for like six nice. years, and they got tired of it. They, they kept telling me over and over again they love South Korea, and they love living here. They just didn't like the culture of work. So, yeah, they've gone abroad and done all that. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. But enough about me, Travis. God damn it. What, <laughs> what did you do <laughs> for Seoul, Lau? I mean, it was, it was a nice stretch. It was like five days. Uh, not much. I, I went out to eat a couple times. Actually, you know what I did find? I found um, two bottles of oil on a bus, uh, like a commuter bus that someone had left. So I did get um, a couple of things that weren't mine for the new year. So it was like a nice find. This is this is a great example of the karma that is the South Korean gift set where they get left so often <laughs> or people will get ones that they don't want that even if you go ahead and lose a really nice one like you know, a giant box of oranges on the subway, you'll eventually get some stuff. So you got two bottles of olive oil, I'm guessing. Yeah, it looked like it was like a gift set that had been divided up and then someone got it in a bag and they just left it on the left it on the bus. So that was a, a nice find. 
I guess it kind of makes up for the oranges I lost a few years ago. But aside from, okay, the oil you got, when it comes to Solal in uh, Seoul, just like Chuseok, the city kind of empties out. So while I was gone for five days or even longer, actually, we were gone for seven days. Um, while I was gone, all my friends in Seoul were posting about how nice it was walking around the hip parts of town and not having to wait in line and riding the subway and, you know, getting a seat. I noticed a lot of stuff was closed. Like even in, I live over in Haebongcheon and a lot of stuff was closed here, like at least until... I don't know, Tuesday, but I think over in Itaewon, you know, bars were open and businesses was go- were going, but it was pretty slow. Like I went over a couple times and it seemed like it was a lot slower than it usually is, oh, which is nice. You know, it's nice to avoid those crowds. So, All right. Well, that was sold out and we've already talked about gift sets. So let's uh, let's stop talking about that. But um, moving away from gift sets to something that is also very very ubiquitous all over the place here in South Korea, unfortunately. And I say that as a former smoker. So um, we're talking about cigarettes. Um, smoking Yay. here in South Korea. <laughs> you're a current smoker. Smoking yep. here in South Korea, um, something that I hate to say it was good, but I mean, a couple of years ago, smoking in South Korea, I mean, back when I smoked, it was it was pretty awesome for someone who enjoyed smoking. You could smoke like in restaurants and coffee shops and bars, you smoked all over the place. Um, I'm now anti-smoking, and I, you know, I, I would say I guess I'm a reformed smoker, former smoker, and so I, I'm happy to see some of these changes. But I knew plenty of people who I, I talked to both in a professional way, as in I was doing a report and asking smokers what they thought, or just some of my friends, because um, it was very different than living in Europe or, you know, in the United States with the different changes in the laws. A lot of people really enjoyed the smoking culture here, but it's gone away. It's changing. So now, you know, a pack of cigarettes is almost like free. It was like a couple dollars. They've doubled that recently. Uh, well, not recently, but, you know, in recent times to about $5 a pack now. And uh, I think it's I think it's about 4. It's I think it's still about $4 a pack. Well, yeah, I mean so it's like 5,000 won, 4,500 won and then because the won is really weak right now, it's probably like around $4. Um and in addition to this increase of the price to try to stop people from smoking, there's a lot of places you can't smoke now and that's expanding. So, uh let me provide a little bit of context for what we're talking about. The reason we chose this topic for today's show is because recently they announced that Seoul's Myeongdong neighborhood and Mukyodong will be the first South Korean areas that will be completely designated as non-smoking. Uh, earlier, the Dongo Ilbo reported that within the next five months, smoking will be banned not only in buildings and other facilities in those two areas, but also just walking around. So smoking will only be possible within 30 square meter smoking booths that will be built and installed in these new non-smoking areas. And uh, if this initiative turns Myeongdong into Mukyodong into successful smoke-free zones, Seoul city government says it then could expand the initiative to other parts of the capital, including the Jongno area, Namdaemun, and Yoksamdong sometime in the next two years. So currently, there are more than 13,000 designated non-smoking areas in Seoul. That includes bus stations, subway entrances, and public plazas. But as I just mentioned, this would be like two complete neighborhoods where aside from those small smoking areas, more or less, it would be completely smoke-free. So uh, just like we did on the previous podcast, we brought this topic to the Only in Korea Facebook group. We set up a poll. We asked people what they thought. So Travis, uh, what was the poll this last week? I think overall it was a resounding, you know, this is a great idea. Secondhand smoke kills people. And it seemed like that was that was the majority of the votes. I think we had like 48 or 49 people vote. Yeah, we had 104 um, votes altogether. 
And so over half of them were for it. Yeah, something um, I think around 53 or something were in that first one. Great idea, yeah. secondhand smoke kills. Yeah, so that's, it seemed to be like that was the resounding answer from a lot of people. Um, the second most um, you know picked answer was that it was pointless. Smokers are going to continue to uh, ignore the new law and smoke as they please. Um, you know, a, the third sucks for smokers, but good for everyone else. It seemed overall people were for the idea. Um, and some people kind of thought it wouldn't really work because of the, you know, tendency of people just to ignore minor laws and do what they want anyway. Yeah. Just look at, uh, driving in South Korea. I yeah. mean, there are laws on the books. It's not like you can just do whatever you want, but as someone who has driven in South Korea, as someone who is afraid to walk, in Seoul, especially in the crosswalk. The crosswalk is the most dangerous part in the entire city because people just don't stop. Um, so just because the, the laws are on the books doesn't mean that they're actually going to be enforced. And I've seen that when uh, I was a smoker. I've definitely smoked at times when I shouldn't have. I didn't like you know roll into a restaurant after they made the change and just start smoking. But you know you go into a bar or something, you're not supposed to smoke, but, you know, the owner doesn't care and they'll even put out ashtrays on the table. Like, you know, I probably have done that before. Um, so, yeah, it, it's easy to get away with that. Um, something that I, I want to mention, one of the answers, it was uh, not super popular, but one of them said, good idea, but don't lump vapors in with smokers. I'm interested how this will play out here in South Korea, because just like in other parts of the world, vaping has become very popular. But I guess you probably could still vape while you're walking around Myeongdong or while you're in a building. I, yeah, I'm not quite sure how they're going to deal with that. I mean, I, a few years ago, I remember they were when they, when they uh, instituted the no smoking ban in bars. For a while, it seemed like they were allowing people to vape in the bars. And then now it seems like that's kind of prohibited, too. So, you know, it might be. You've seen people get yelled at for vaping now. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, there used to be a bar in uh, Haebangchan where they would allow people to vape um, after the smoking ban was implemented. And recently they just kind of put a stop to it because it seems like they were getting complaints. So they were worried about potentially being fined um, for allowing smoking in their bar. So I'm not really sure how they're going to, you know, distinguish between someone who's vaping and someone who's smoking. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with vaping versus actually smoking. But the other part of this story that's really interesting is, as I mentioned, they're going to install 30 square meter smoking booths in these non-smoking areas. Um, I'm not sure if this is the same size as the one I'm going to mention here now. But, you know, at Seoul Station, um, there's that huge smoking area right in front of the building, which sucks because you have to, like, walk past it and you always get a whiff. Oh, yeah, I've seen that before. But it's a smoking booth. And I'm sure there are people inside the smoking booth or the smoking building, whatever it is. I mean, it's quite a large structure, but there's also a ton of people outside. And I don't think you're supposed to smoke outside, too. So these smoking booths are going to be built. And I'm just guessing from how this one works and, you know, from what I see around other places where there are designated smoking areas, there are probably going to be some people that are going in there. But I'm sure that entire area around the smoking booth will also be a smoking area de facto one way or the other. Sure. It seems like those, I mean, if you've ever been to a smoking lounge in the airport, you know, it's it's like uh, death in one of those places when you go into one. So a lot of people, I think, just prefer to, you know, smoke near it maybe or kind of pretend they're they're actually using it when they're not really. Well, I got I to tell you, man, Inchon's been getting a lot of flack lately because they've had a lot of bad things happen there. They've just been like... 
people just like walk through security and like push open a door and like go through customs and no one noticed. There's been some bad stuff that's happened at Inshon lately. But when I left Inshon a long time ago, like four or five years ago, um, when I first left Korea for the first time before I came back, I remember I got to Inshon way too early for some reason and got through security and all that stuff. And I went to town and I just smoked inside an indoor smoking booth and it was like <laughs> air conditions, fully ventilated. It was amazing. And I was just meeting people and I bought way too many cigarettes. So I was just like handing them out to any traveler who needed them. So I got to tell you, man, in South Korea, even the indoor smoking booths are kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think um, the one at Seoul Station is really like that. No, that's an outdoor um, one. It's probably not ventilated at all, just an open door. Yeah. I, I like the way Japan does it. Like, Japan sets it up. I mean, you're not allowed to smoke on the street, but they have, like, every couple of blocks, like, smoking areas where you can stand and smoke. It's outdoors. So it's just, like, sort of, like, there's, like, paint around it. It's, like, within yeah, the square, anything. Well, okay. they kind of direct you to it, too. It's, like, they'll have, like, a picture, like, a cigarette symbol and then an arrow pointing to where you can go to smoke. So it's not, like, <laughs> you know, you have to be too smart to figure it out. I, th- I think in Japan they do pretty good with it. You know, they also, they, they don't seem to have so much problem with, with people littering cigarette butts. Like, I, I saw for sale there were these little packages where you can put your cigarette butt into it so you don't litter it. Um, wait, 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 little little packages? What? Yeah, it's like a little plastic thing. Um, with oh, the, so with, it's like a doggy poop bag for smokers. Yeah, basically. So you don't see that so much. You don't see so many people littering cigarettes in Japan. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Korea could ever get to that point. But you know, maybe maybe they could take note. You know, from some of these um, you know rules that are set up in Japan on how to handle smokers. I thought, you know, in Japan, they're still pretty liberal with smoking laws. Um, I remember I was at uh, in Fukuoka a few years ago, and I remember being able to smoke in a McDonald's. Um, and this was just like 2010 or 2011. So I think Japan's probably a little more lax than Korea regarding indoor smoking. By the way, um, uh, just, to, just to mention McDonald's, you saw that a McDonald's in Korea will be the first McDonald's in Asia to be serving beer. Yeah. Yeah. And what better place than boozy Korea for that to happen? <laughs> That's right. Well, I also, I someone raised this point on Facebook, just a, a short side note. McDonald's, they deliver in South Korea. So does this open up the possibility of getting like a quarter pound or a cheese, you know, fries and all that stuff, and also a couple beers like delivered to your house? It might. You know, I mean, I've, I've, ordered, be- or, um, I've ordered chicken, like a fried chicken, and asked for them to bring beer, and they brought it. So that might be... You know, that might be something. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is McDonald's. I think McDonald's is trying all kinds of new things to make money um, these days. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that they would offer here in the future. We'll probably end up talking about that at some point. McDonald's selling beer. I, win-win situation, as you spent, especially as you mentioned here in South Korea. But I want to get back to this idea of the trash. I don't think we've talked about this specifically on the Oink podcast, but I've talked about this on other podcasts that I do. And even as a reporter here in South Korea, I covered it. It's really easy Unfortunately, it's really easy to litter here in South Korea, in Seoul specifically, because there almost are no trash cans. And by the end of the day, people just make piles of trash. And whenever you see a pile of trash, you just put your trash there because every night, you know, the city sends out people to clean it up. Um, One of the comments here from our poll says smokers are litter bugs, litter bugs kill. So the problem with smoking, obviously, as I mentioned, I'm kind of a reform smoker. I wish I'd never smoked a cigarette. It was really stupid. I only started smoking here in Seoul when I first came here because I was playing in bands and I didn't like to drink. I still don't like to drink. And we always got free beer when we played shows. Not always, but a lot of the times. And I'd have like one beer and it was just boring sitting around with like a bunch of drunk people for a couple hours after a show completely sober. And everyone smoked and eventually... 
after so many people asked me if I wanted a cigarette, I was like, yeah, I'll take a cigarette. And, you know, there we are. Horrible decision. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully I won't die of lung disease. But as I continued smoking here in South Korea and eventually was able to get rid of it, I just noticed how hard it was to throw away the cigarette. But I, I actually tried my best. Like after I finished the cigarette, I'd like, you know, spit a little bit on the street and like, you know, put out the fire because I'm not a, I'm not really like an advanced smoker. I can't flick it with my finger to knock the cherry off. I can't do that. So I'd put out the the fire part of the cigarette and I would just carry the butt around until I could find, you know, a trash can and I couldn't find it. And eventually I just stopped. I didn't care. So I would just like chuck it on the street like everybody else. So aside from secondhand smoke, which does kill and is very bad for you, uh, getting rid of smoking in an area like Myeongdong, which has lots of people, could actually help the trash situation as well. Yeah, I think it could. I mean, a lot of people do litter here. I, I think they're getting better with putting trash cans up, um, you know, more accessible anyway. I remember when I first came here over in Jungno, there would just be huge piles of trash that people would pile up because they wouldn't be able to find, um, you know, appropriate receptacles to put their trash in. But these days it seems like, you know, every couple block or two, there's at least a public trash can. Really? You think so? <laughs> I'm not seeing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I teach down in... Um, Jungno or no Jungak, um, and in Jungak these days there there are several um, public trash cans. So I think they're getting better with it. I mean, even the subways nowadays, there's you know trash cans in the subways. I think the reason they initially didn't have them or they took took them away was because after 9-11, they were concerned about terrorism. Well, I, I did a report on this, yeah. So there's, uh, I, I don't remember specifically, but there was something about, there was some truth behind the idea that, you know, if you didn't have a trash can on the street, you couldn't, like, you know, put a bomb in it. Mm -hmm. But at least within the last 15 or so, 20 years, from what I remember, um, sometime back in the 90s, um, they decided that, they just couldn't deal with the amount of trash that your average person in Seoul was creating. And so they took the trash cans off the streets and they started making people pay to throw the trash away. You know, these bags, right? Yeah. You have to buy the bag to, to, to throw your trash away. And it was really successful. The amount of trash per person per capita really just went down. And it stayed down. Um, but at the same time, while people were buying bags to put their trash in, you know, for their homes or something, instead of just bringing all the trash down and putting it in a public, you know, trash can out in front of their building, um, when you're walking around, you know, no one's going to carry a trash bag. So the end result was that people were just throwing the trash everywhere. And guys like me who actually tried their best, you know, to throw away the cigarette, but I just gave up. Yeah, I think, I think you know, a lot of people are like that. You see, you see just tons of cigarette butts being littered all over the place here. Um, it doesn't seem like really people are too concerned about it. Um, you just It's just a kind of ubiquitous part of living in Korea is seeing litter. And part of that litter is, you know, cigarette butts that people throw down after they're done smoking. But um, they do a good enough job of, like I said, cleaning them up. Like every night they have guys that come up and, you know clean the streets or they have like that machine that goes by and you know they sweep up and everything so it, it actually I mean maybe it's not clean as in like you know there's still trash like on the ground that you know you wouldn't want to sit down on the ground because there's always trash there but they do pick it up every night yeah they do they do I mean another part of that that I guess we didn't really talk about yet is when people people who smoke also tend to spit or at least I've noticed that a lot of Koreans who oh, smoke yeah. spit yeah so you if you look on the street it's like you know, you pockmarked with these like tar spit marks from like 10 years ago. So that's another thing, you know, that smoking, you know, especially I, I don't I smoke and I don't really spit while I'm smoking. But I do notice a lot of Koreans um, when they're enjoying a cigarette, they like to spit at the same time. So that's just another 
you know, public health nuisance. <laughs> well, not at the same time. It's more like a one and then the other. Yeah. Yeah, not at the exact please, Travis. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely, I'm a spitter now after moving to South Korea. Yeah, that's that's something here that you see a lot. People walking up and down the street and they spit and I picked it up too. I definitely, if, if I went back to the States and I was just like chilling with some friends from college or high school, they'd probably be disgusted. <laughs> everywhere yeah, my job talk. actually, it's, um, they allow, there's one place where they allow smoking, but they actually prohibit the employees. I'm not going to mention the company's name, but it's a big company in Korea and they prohibit um, they're trying to be an international, you know, global company, and they prohibit their employees who smoke uh, to spit while they're smoking. It's actually forbidden on the company grounds to be spitting. So, I mean, I guess that's one way to teach people not to do that. But, you know, I think a lot of people here don't even realize it's kind of disgusting to be spitting. But, you know, a lot of I think a lot of Westerners find the behavior just to be absolutely disgusting. Yeah, like I said, I've definitely picked up the habit. And uh, hopefully it's one, like I said, just like smoking, hopefully it's one that I can break. I have a couple more stories related to smoking that I want to get to because they fit right into this. But uh, were there any specific comments from the poll other than the one that I already mentioned that you want to go through? Okay, I got one. I got one here from a guy who's I kind of know him as being kind of a conspiracy theorist. Um, he says, but geoengineering chemtrails are OK. GMOs are OK. Fukushima radiation threading uh, spreading throughout the whole northern hemisphere is OK. And dangerous pharmaceuticals are okay. And soju is okay. And microwave tower is okay. Jeez, let's stop, stamp out smoking in open spaces. So he's saying we have all these other health issues that we should be worried about, but really we're focusing on like micro issues that aren't of real, real concern to us. You know, when we let some of these bigger issues just go, which I kind of agree with. I mean, there are bigger issues than people smoking in public. I think they've already done a pretty good job. Um, you know, stamping out smoking in bars and restaurants. So it took some I, time, but it's it's night and day the difference between five years ago. Yeah, and they now. pretty much caught up to what's going on in the states. Anyway, I mean, it, it, basically the rules that are you know that are set in Korea are the same rules that are in my home city. They don't allow it in bars and restaurants, which I thought was fair enough. I don't really know if they need to remove. Uh, smoking from all public places. I don't know if that's really going to work or not. One thing, though, about this guy, um, he mentions a few things there that are a little nutty. Chemtrails. <laughs> he, that's his. That's his shtick. He he always. He started. He started with that one. By the way, that was his opener. But um, especially in Korea, this fine dust, you know, all, air pollution, all the different names that they give it, and Koreans are very you know, often is the case that they'll blame China for this. And a lot of that does come from China. But I recently did a report. Um, I can't remember who it was. was it, it might have been Greenpeace. They did a joint study with Greenpeace and Harvard, and they found that 50% or more of the yellow dust slash, I think it's maybe EM 2.5. I can't remember the scientific term, but it's like two letters, 2.5. 50% or more of that comes from Korean coal power plants. And the air in Korea really could be a lot better than it is. But Korea, while it's really advancing in all these other ways, and it's the most innovative economy, according to Forbes, for the last three years, they're opening more coal power plants while other parts of the world are trying to get rid of their coal power. So while chemtrails, a uh, little, 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 little far out there, there is a decent point to be made that Korea has a quite large, obvious problem that a lot of Koreans don't want to talk about um, that could also help health related to air quality. 
Sure. I mean, every every Korean you meet, uh, not every Korean, uh, the ones who aren't aware of what's going on in their country tend to blame China for all this pollution, um, you know, this affecting their health and their air quality. But really, it's it, a lot. A lot of it has to do with government policy and, um, you know, their willingness to keep burning coal. So, while, I mean, it's convenient politically to blame China for this stuff. You know, a lot of it is homegrown. And if you really, if people are, if government officials really are concerned about people's health and the quality of their air, that would be a very big first step. You know, maybe even going after some of these barbecue restaurants that are polluting the environment. They, these places, you know, there's thousands oh, the, the and thousands of these places. The charcoal that they burn, yeah. you're going to complain about the charcoal? Yeah, I mean, that 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 is a huge uh, environmental problem. You know, I mean, there, there's thousands of these type of restaurants and, you know, they are burning charcoal and it's going back into the environment. I, so. I'm sure, I'm sure you're absolutely right. I've just, I've never heard of anyone at all the things to complain about in South Korea. <laughs> I've never seen anyone get up on their soapbox and be like, Doggone it. We got to get rid of these charcoal burning bulgogi restaurants. There was a report um, a few, I think it was last year from the Korea Times about how these restaurants are major contributors to the pollution here. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure they are. I'm just saying, like I said, I've I've never heard anyone mention that. So touche to you. Tip of the cap, Travis. Could you imagine working in one of those places? I mean, you might as well. I mean, you probably that's probably the same as like smoking three packs a day if you were working in one of those places nonstop. We were in one the other day, and I re- I mean, I got out of there, and you just reek like smoke and meat. You know, it wasn't even like we were, there was no cigarette smoke going on. It was just all meat smoke. Um, so I don't know. I mean, a lot of this stuff, you know, if you want to improve the overall health of this country, a lot of it does come down to some of the pollution that goes on here. And, you know, so far, it doesn't really seem like government officials really want to address that. It seems like they want to address the micro issues, which probably, you know, they need to be addressed, but they're probably not the the larger issues that are causing some of this pollution. Well, but to go back to smoking, I I, once again, I I do applaud the the changes that are being made. I mean, South Korea is a very smoky country. I mean, I mean, like cigarettes, especially with men here are very popular. I think I can't remember specifically, but something like the the smoking rate for men in Korea, like a lot of unfortunate statistics is number one in the OCD or it's, or it's very high. Um, women much less than men here in South Korea from, from, from what I remember. So it is good that they're moving along with this. Um, although it's interesting, I believe back when they increased the prices of cigarettes, at first, there was a dip in cigarette use, but then I think it kind of rebounded. And then after they increased the price of cigarettes, I believe drinking increased in South Korea because soju <laughs> is still a buck twenty or a buck yeah. seventy or something like that. But a few more uh, pieces of news related to this, as I mentioned, the original piece of news that you know gave us the idea to talk about this on today's podcast was Myeongdong and Mukyodong were going to be the first neighborhoods here in Seoul completely designated as non-smoking areas, but. There's more. Um, actually, I do a daily Korean news update podcast for KoreaFM.net. And actually today, I reported that smoking booths are now expected to be built near subway exits all around Seoul. As earlier this week, two city council members proposed removing a clause that bans smoking areas near subway exits. It's because of growing opposition from smokers to this upcoming ordinance that will start in April. 
and will designate a 10-meter non-smoking zone around every subway exit here in the city. That will mean that the smoking will be banned at 1,662 more locations across the capital, as there's already quite a few that they've already outlined. So the Korea Times is reporting that smokers strongly oppose this upcoming change because this is the reason they give. They'll have to walk outside of this 10-meter zone in order to smoke. The addition of smoking booths to subway exits is legal under the National Health Promotional Law because it allows enclosed smoking zones in areas where smoking is prohibited. And this actually mirrors construction that you see here in South Korea. The National Assembly and other public buildings already have smoking rooms. However, the Korea Times reports that Seoul bus stations will not receive smoking booths due to a lack of space. So I guess that means not only like a large bus station, but like those small plastic, you know, see-through glass bus stations that they have all over the city. And the Seoul City Council plans to pass a revised subway smoking booth provision later this month. So it shows that even progressive legislation here in the city that, you know, drives smoking out of bars and restaurants and all this stuff, there's still a lot of smoking going on and they're kind of pushing back at this. So they had this other idea, which I also think is reasonable, 10 meters from a you know, subway exit, that, that's reasonable. So when you're walking in and out of the subway, you don't have to get covered in smoke while people are, you know, sitting there next to the stairs or by the escalator. Now they have to pay to construct smoking booths at all these subway exits. It seems like a, it's a giant money dump, a lot of this stuff, because I don't know how many no, no smoking signs I've seen in the last couple of years go up. And just to see people blatantly ignore them. So I'm guessing, you know, they're going to spend all this money. How many subway stations are there in Seoul? You know, probably 200 and something stations. Are they really going to spend money to build smoking booths outside of every single exit, out of outside of every single station? It just, seem, it just seems almost ridiculous that they want to waste that kind of money when they could just set an ordinance where it's like, okay, you can't smoke 10 meters or 20 meters from the station. And then if people break that, then find them. But I don't really see the need to you know, install these smoking booths um, when it's just going to be a giant waste of money, especially if people are willing to ignore the law. Yeah, especially where, like, I mean, if they were going to, like, you know, cross their T's and dot their I's with these new ordinances and really enforce it, then, you know, I think still probably a waste of money to build these booths, but at least the booths would serve a purpose. But just once again, like, in front of Seoul Station, there's that giant smoking booth, but, like, everyone smokes outside of it. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, are they even going to get their money's worth in what I think most people would agree is somewhat of a waste of money? And then on, on the topic of people ignoring, as if that wasn't enough, the final thing I want to mention on today's show is that smoking um, is something that apparently a lot of Chinese tourists are doing and a lot of Koreans are noticing that. Um, the Korea Times reported this week that many complaints have been made regarding Chinese tourists that came to Seoul during the rec uh, recent Lunar New Year holiday. As I mentioned, I was out of the city. You were just kind of, you know, sitting around enjoying your free time. And although smoking is already prohibited in certain areas of Myeongdong before they go, you know, the whole area wide, as well as historic palaces, including Gyeongbokgung and Doksugung, Many of the Chinese tourists who were in those areas, apparently, according to the Korea Times, were smoking anyways. One official who works in the management office of one of these uh, palaces here in Seoul told the Times that while, quote, old palaces are non-smoking areas because they are extremely fire prone, it is not easy to keep the tourists from smoking, adding that some tourists even showed him a roll of bills when he approached them saying they would just pay the fine. As we remember, one of Seoul's really important historical landmarks were set on fire. Um, 
I think within the last god ten ish years, something like that, yeah. they, they they ended up rebuilding it, and that was just set on fire because an older Korean, I think, got ticked off at some people and lit it on fire. He or, was upset about he was upset about uh, I think some land uh, how, the way the government company compensated him for some land. I think um, was what the cause of that was. Yeah, I just remember some sort of disagreement. And, you know, he, and he was an older guy, so who knows what his mental state was at the time. But that happened, and I've, you know, I've heard there was a disagreement. So, yeah, these places obviously are very old. They can just, you know, be lit up, so you don't want to have people smoking there. Um, but this, this Korea Times story is funny because they had pictures of people on the street smoking, and they blurred out their faces. But I'm wondering if they just saw the person, and they were just like, that looks like a Chinese person who's a tourist who's smoking. And so they took the picture to use that as, as a representation, or did they go up to the person and say, oh, hey, are you Chinese? Are you a tourist? Do you know that this this is not supposed to be smoking, but you're just smoking here anyways? I mean, it looks, I mean, all the people in the pictures look to me to be Asian. That's that's the only thing I can tell about that. There's no other, you know, things that indicate that they're a tourist. I mean, one guy, it looks like he has kind of a backpack on, but, you know, a Korean could have a backpack on. I guess, you know, they, they may have maybe listened for them to speak Chinese or something while they were taking these photos, but who knows? Who I, don't, knows? I mean, and maybe they're just stock photos. Who knows? I mean, but at the same time, you could probably walk around Myeongdong and find Korean people smoking just the same. So I don't, I don't know if it's really, if it's really a Chinese tourist problem. Well, that, or that was just, the thing I wanted to bring up was that, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I smoked places I wasn't supposed to. You can see Western foreigners smoking places not supposed to as Koreans as well. But this is specific to the boost in tourism that they saw over the, the Lunar New Year. Mm -hmm. um, and, and apparently lots of complaints were made. And uh, I, I, I think that this uh, management office worker who, who talked about just going up to some people and being like, hey, this is a fine. And they're like, here's my money, old man. Get away from me. Like, <laughs> I can see that happening. Chinese tourists, um, you know, it's a stereotype, but I think for good reason. There yeah, have been Chinese incidents. tourists get a bad rap wherever they go. And I've, I've seen I've seen videos where people are, you know, complaining about them in Korea or where they're complaining about them in Thailand, like washing their feet at Buddhist temples and all kinds of, of bad behavior. So it is it is certainly a stereotype that um, Chinese tourists, you know, don't necessarily follow the rules of the countries they visit. But, you know, based on this article, it really it really doesn't give me much proof that it is Chinese people that are the only ones that are doing this, you know. And and I certainly I see, you know, I, I walk around Korea quite a bit, you know, when I'm working and I see I see Koreans, you know, violating these rules all the time. So I'm not really sure it's fair to like necessarily target the Chinese on this. Um, Although it is kind of convenient for the local media to do that sometimes. So let's wrap this up here, Travis. We uh, have talked about, as you just mentioned, tourism, uh, tourists not obeying the laws. We've talked about how Koreans who smoke, they still want to smoke. So even when they're saying don't smoke within a 10 meters of a subway exit, they're going to create a booth. And then Myeongdong and Mukyodong are going to be those first major areas that are going to be designated as non-smoking, but they're going to have those 30 square meter smoking booths that will be installed. So where do you think this is going to go? And where do you think it should go based upon the fact that we've kind of agreed that in certain instances, uh, at least in many instances, maybe I should say, smoking booths, probably not a good investment of money, but also all this stuff has to be enforced. And it did take 
a long time for these rules to be enforced in Korea. They've they've gotten to the point that a lot of places now would probably be very against you lighting up. Uh, I still see it from time to time here, but for the most part, people have finally come around. But it, it did take some time. Well, um, and it's another question of who is going to enforce it. My friend, my friend was um, they tried to fine him for littering a cigarette butt outside of Hongdae uh, Station. What? Um, and. The guy who tried to find him was some sort of city worker. He had an he had an like official ID, but the guy's like, uh, "Come with me, show me your ID to my friend." And my friend's like, "I'm not going with you." And he just walked away from the guy. Yeah, because he's just do like anything. he's a city worker, but he's not a cop, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, if it's the police that are going to enforce it, sure, maybe people are going to li- listen. But if they're h- hiring like elderly people who don't really have any authority or you know any badge to prove of who they are or what what they're representing, I don't really see people people following the rules. So there's there's got to be some enforcement behind it if it's going to work. Well, so do you think that like Myeongdong, they're going to kick this in sometime in the next couple months and then maybe like two years from now, finally, no one will smoke there? Or do you think, I mean, Myeongdong, to mention Chinese tourists, very popular Chinese tourism spot. So <laughs> I don't we'll know. We'll see. We'll see how long. I mean, we'll see if it works or not. I, I, I just don't see people, you know, taking this all too seriously. Um, they've already restricted smoking in public buildings and a lot of public places. So I just don't see it going very well. Um, you know, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Korea has proven me wrong many times. So they could, they could really pull it off here and, and, you know, get rid of smoking in public, um, in certain areas of the city, but they've got a long ways to go. It's just two districts. There's quite a few districts in the city. Um, you know, the major tourist is Itaewon. I still see people smoking on the street in Itaewon all the time. So a but lot of tourists. But, but it's not banned in Itaewon. No, it's not. But I mean, it's it's I think it's indicative of what is going on in the rest of the city, too, though. You know, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to get people to break these old habits. So, I mean, I wish them luck in doing that and I hope they succeed. But again, if there's not any enforcement um, to the rule, then I just don't see it being a success. And then finally, we brought this topic up before, but what about vaping? Um, I definitely don't think that you should tell people not to vape outside. I think if you're walking along the street and you take a hit off a vapor or a vape pen, kind of an old man now, a, a pen, a vape, <laughs> a vape device, um, I think that's fine. Now, indoors, that's a little different. Um, I mean, you should definitely be able to be able be able to like vape at a bar but maybe not like a cafe or something what, what do you think about vaping i i occasionally um you know i'm i'm trying to quit smoking i don't know how hard i'm trying but i do have a vapor um device and i think you know the amount of smoke that they produce really depends on the device it's not smoke i guess the amount of vapor they produce really depends on the device so if you have one of these devices that's putting out huge clouds of vapor it's going to be you know troublesome to those around you but if it's like one of these small devices doesn't really put out much, you know, put, put, put out much vapor, then I don't really see it as a problem at all. Um, and it is different than smoking. You know, you're not you're not carrying around a device which is is lit. It's it's using, you know, electric charge to to provide you with some vapor, which also has nicotine in it. So it's a totally different thing. Um, and I don't know that the Korean government really distinguishes much between the two. I know, um, I don't think I've ever seen a sign that specifically talked about uh, vaping or even had like a, a logo that was obvious, not obviously not a cigarette. I mean, now everywhere you go, you, it's obvious you're not supposed to smoke inside and they have signs, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen, and once again, you know, I'm not Korean. I only have a certain level of Korean language skill though. I, you know, a lot higher than some foreigners that live here. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything on that. 
Yeah, we'd have to research the rule on that, whether or not vaping is considered to be the same as smoking. I know they tax uh, the the e-juice like way more than they tax cigarettes. Oh, yeah. So it's almost like... If you vape in South Korea, just have it sent to you or like go on a vacation and buy it in another country for like six months supply. It's... I, I it was actually one of the reasons I was able to to finally stop be, being a daily smoker was because I sort of weaned myself off using a vape pen and it was like thirty forty dollars for a bottle and and that was the first time I bought it so I thought that was reasonable but I've I've talked to people and they say oh no oh no that's expensive yeah in the states I think a bottle of this stuff is like ten dollars so I usually have it sent over with no nicotine in it and then I'll buy. Um, the nicotine here in Korea for like 10 bucks a bottle. I think it's a better way to go. You know, the government here does, it seems like they're almost in bed with some of these tobacco companies. Like they want people to continue smoking because it does cost more money here to vape than it does to smoke. All right, Travis. Well, uh, it's really funny. Uh, you're, you've probably smoked longer than I did. I was, I was late to the game. Um, but then I smoked, Ooh, man, when I started smoking in Korea, I smoked a lot. So we've both definitely had a cigarette or two in our lives, but, uh, more or less, we're both kind of behind this idea of getting rid of smoking. Um, I think, I think most smokers are probably in the same boat. I know there's like some, uh, coalition of smokers in Korea trying to fight all this stuff. I can see that being the case. Yeah. But know. they're, I mean, they're, they're basically fighting against history. I think, you know, you're, you're going to... <laughs> Much like the racists, much like the misogynists, the yeah. sexists, those in favor of tobacco. I mean, they're going to be on the losing side of that, probably, even though that there is some probably some personal liberty being taken away in, in telling people where they can and cannot smoke. It's like a public it's a public health issue. So it is something that needs to be addressed. I, I think there's going to be a point when it, you know, it becomes too much and that they're they're You know, they're outlawing smoking in places that don't need to be outlawed. Um, so. There's probably going to be a little bit of pushback on that, but overall, you know, it is a problem, um, especially if you have children around you. You know, Myeongdong is a place that has tons of children, um, both Korean and tourists. So, you know, you are they are trying to make make it a healthier place for for people and for you know for people to be around. So, I, I'm I'm for it um, if they can if they can succeed at it. Just another, I guess, to, to wrap it up, just another example of how even when Korea is behind, um, you know, the West, it's often compared to the West, um, it quickly catches up. You know, five, six years ago, you could smoke anywhere you want, and now they're going to outlaw smoking in entire neighborhoods, can't smoke within 10 meters of a, a subway exit. Um, so not only, you know, technology in Korea is kicking ass compared to the West, all these other things, public transportation, but even the areas where, like, five, 10 years ago, Korea was, like, dead last as in you could smoke anywhere at any time aside from the subways like you know i never saw anyone smoking in the subways here but that was about the only time you wouldn't see people smoking and now it's going to be almost any anywhere you can't smoke so once again touche korea tip of the cap there's a reason why i live here everybody it's a good time check it out Although it was not, I, you know, I traveled a bit this winter down to Southeast Asia and I, I noticed, you know, like there's still a lot of smoking in a lot of cafes like in Cambodia. And um, I thought it was kind of it was almost like it was being in some sort of time warp because when you get used to not being able to smoke in restaurants and then suddenly being able to do it again, you almost feel like you're breaking the rules. Um, so it's kind of interesting to like step back in time or something. And I'm, I'm happy that Korea has gone non-smoking in bars because, you know, there's nothing worse than a night out in the town. You get home the next day and you just feel like crap because you've been in a bar that just, you know, is clouded with smoke. Um, 
I used to hang out at like a dive bar here in Haibangchung, and I remember there'd be like 20 or 30 people crimed in this little place, and smoking was allowed. And you know, after a night in a place like that, you just feel horrible. So it's good. It's a good change that uh, they're trying to crack down on some of this. All right, Travis. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good to talk with you after the solo right. break. Yeah, it was nice to talk to you too. Nice to catch up. I'll I'll talk to you again next week.